Hello, everyone, and welcome to Intuition Talks with your hosts, Tina Moody and Kristen O'Meara, a podcast for the consciously curious. Sit back and relax as we have down-to-earth discussions about our journeys of self-transformation, along with sharing channeled messages with you from spirit. We hope that what we have learned and insights from our special guests inspire you to trust your intuition as you navigate the ups and downs and twists and turns on your life path. Thank you for listening today, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to episode two of Intuition Talks. We are your hosts, Kristen and Tina. As we mentioned in last week's episode, if you listen to that, as we began planning the topics for these first few episodes of the podcast, Kristen so sweetly suggested that we follow the chapters or what I refer to as stepping stones of my book, The Spiritual Awakening of an Analytical Mind. The reason being is that the intent of the book was to act as an outline of sorts for people ready to step on or even further down this path of self-awakening, self-discovery, self-transformation, whatever you want to call it. So it really did feel like a good jumping off point for the podcast. With that, the first chapter of the book is Believing and will be our topic for this episode. Before we begin, we thought it would be helpful to share some background on the book. So I guess I'll share a little bit of my book journey or my journey of bringing this book to life. Um, I had been on my, we'll say, awakening journey for about a year and a half or so before this magical world began kind of exploding around me. At the time, I did not believe that I was intuitive and I did not fully trust what little intuition did come through. I was seeing these other very intuitive people um, create such magic around me that in comparison, I didn't understand um, what my strengths were going to be, I guess, and wasn't giving my intuition a chance to really come forward. I wasn't surrendering enough, I think. But during this, I began feeling this pull to writing, which I didn't view as intuitive or magic in any way. Um, But I began feeling this pull to writing, and I also began reading just a ton that was just feeding, you know, the information in into me a little bit. And then some of my kind of intuitive friends started seeing me writing a book. They started seeing a li- my library, not just a bookshelf, but me with a library of books around me. And it kind of validated what I was starting to feel. Like I started believing um, in what... I was seeing and feeling. And to the point that I started sensing that I needed to start keeping a journal, which I'd always been so bad about doing. But it wasn't to be just a journal of my day to day um, going on, I guess. It was to be a journal of my spiritual escapades. Um, so that could be experiences, that could be what I was reading or watching or listening to, because I've always felt like you can pull out little nuggets that resonate with you. And, you know, you could read, listen, experience the same thing a second time and pull different nuggets because you're further or a different place in your journey. But anyway, so those are the notes that I kept on a daily basis. And I did this for a year and I'm like, man, is this supposed to be a journal of these or a book of this journal. And if that's the case, I can't do it because I have kids in school and I don't want them to be known as having that crazy mother because there was a lot of crazy stuff in there. So I began like for four months editing the journal um, to make it somewhat um, less scary for the mainstream world, I guess. And at that point, like it felt like the book needed to come to life. Um, and that is when more stepping stones started arriving, I guess, directing me where to go in the publishing process, um, showing me what I needed to know about traditional publishing, self-publishing. And like, 
uh, I don't know, a little star falling from the sky, um, I learned about cooperative publishing, which is the route I took, um, which is kind of some refer to it as hybrid. And it allowed me to, to get the book out more quickly because that seemed important that, that no time, no more time needed to go by before the book was was able to be in the hands of those people that needed it. And so the book came out last August um, from the time I worked with the cooperative publisher or initially met them to the time I picked it up from the printer was probably seven or eight months. And I just want to reiterate this is that, you know, my background is in corporate insurance sales, um, real estate investing in sales. Um, I was not a writer and had a really hard time considering myself a writer and knew nothing about the literary world. So the question became or becomes, so why would I write a book and put it out into the world? Um, what I realized is that I needed to step out of my comfort zone in a few ways. One was to become a writer and to be comfortable with other people seeing my writing. And the two was that I needed to be okay with being um, with the public, be that my own community, be it my family, be it whomever or friends, accept this new version of myself that was also evolving and also trying to figure out who I was. And with even though I had these fears of judgment and the consequences of this new version of me, they didn't outweigh the need I felt to get the information in this book out into the hands of people like me. So people coming from a more linear mindset, coming from the corporate world, coming from whatever industry or whatever circumstance that they had, where this new non-traditional world felt a little uncomfortable. They were unsure of it. Maybe they were consciously you know, um, curious about it, but a little leery of it at the same time or hesitant to step into this path. So that's when I dove in. And, you know, like I said, this, this book was written for people like me. The goal was to write it in a very matter of fact way. And, you know, Chris and I were just talking about before we came on, I tried to kind of interject my humor in it at times, whether people catch that or not. Oh my gosh. It is so, (laughs) it is so well-written first of all. And it is so funny. I was just cracking up out loud. I love that. That makes me happy because I don't know that anybody (laughs) did. And just for those listening, Chris and I were just talking before we came on and we both come from the same point that just because I wrote a book, by no means do I consider myself an expert. Now we can have people that do have a lot of experience on whatever topic it may be. And that's great. And we can learn from them, but there's this seriousness that can sometimes take over and this kind of weight of, of that this whole process needs to be serious. And my feeling is it does not, nor should so many people take themselves that seriously, that they're the guru or the true expert on anything. So the position that I came from with the book is that these are the things I've learned. These are the experiences that I've had. These are the things I've read or watched or seen. Now, mind you, my lens on it is taking, has taken from those experiences, the things that meant were meant for my journey. And so I'm, they're always coming with the filter for whoever is delivering that information to you. Right. Um, But the goal in this was to take what I'd learned, put it into a book that isn't meant to be everything, but it's meant to be a starting point, almost like that, those kits that you could get for, I feel like back in the day, like, like a starter kit. And then, you know, you add more things onto it as you go, or you have, you know, something strikes you um, or, or what have you. So it's really an outline um, for readers to then build their own stories around because each of us is coming from a very unique perspective has a unique personality, has unique traits, desires, wants, needs, and everything. And no two paths should be the same. Yes, um, and that's what I love about reading your book because even though I I understand that it's your journey and it's Tina and it's what you went through, so much of what you say is relatable. 
And I can reflect back and go, oh, I've had a a situation like that. I've had an experience that was somewhat similar and it may not have been interpreted the same way. But to me, I would imagine for people who are lean more in the linear analytical way of, of seeing the world and experiencing the world, I would imagine it would be quite a relief to, to people to read your book because uh, it's so authentic and it's so um, well-written and it's so relatable that I would imagine it would help people who are just waking up to feel less alone. Yeah. That's my my take on that. You know, it's interesting because I felt, and obviously I've evolved and grown and learned more um, since writing it as well, but it felt like, you know, by the time this came out, I was whatever it was, five years or six years on this journey and that the world, and we can get into this on another, another day and another topic has sped up and this pull that all of us are feeling is real. And, and hopefully the listeners can understand that as well, that this book needed to come out with this information so that it didn't take others who are just stepping on the path, the five or six years that it took me to get to this point. Like, it's almost like the cheat notes, right? Um, Would we, what were they called in our day? Cliff notes, cliff notes, cliff notes. (laughs) And so that's what it feels like. Um, And I, and I hope, and I say it over and over again throughout the book is that I hope people, if something resonates with somebody that they'll take it and run with it um, and kind of go from there. So I just want to give everybody a little bit of a a background on the book and why we decided to, to start our first 14 chapters um, in using the book, it, it's not necessarily to you know pat myself on the back, but it's more that it's the basic stuff, and that what we're going to do is take each chapter or the topic for each chapter, and then Kristen and I are going to dive into it a little bit more deeply. But this at least gives us a framework to begin these first few episodes. And again, um, a lot for you and a lot for us as well, as it gave us a framework to to really get the get this stuff started. So with that, today, Chris and I are going to jump into the topic of chapter one, which is believing. And we're just going to kind of see where the conversation goes, um, share with you things that have come up for us. And it'll be interesting because, um, you know, some of the things that, that shot Kristen onto her path or made her believe are going to be different from mine are going to be different from yours. But I think it's interesting to just examine that a bit. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So with that, Kristen, I know you, you've recently read the book. Um, Is there anything that you want to pull out and, and kind of dive into? For people who are new to awakening um, to uh, their intuition and that could be synchronicities, that could be signs. Um, we're all being guided uh, in many different ways to believe, to wake up. And touching on what you just said about how things are speeding up, and this is such a great offering that you're giving everyone, which is to help people make sense of what a lot of us are are going through, which is um, uh, a um, push or a pull to evolve because there is that in our collective um, on this planet. We're all being guided to um, come into our truth and to um, be more of service and to see each other as one family and to be in alignment with uh, ethical and um, good ethics and principles that are about taking care of one another. Do you know what I mean? And living our truth rather than being consumers and being in fear. And I mean, we could go on and on. Right. But I'm sure there, I mean, all of this is so 
interrelated that I'm yes. sure, you know, even though a topic may be for another day, we're going to be touching on, oh, you know, right. on it in, in many regards. But believing, it, oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, but believing is just such a first step because even for people who've had, you know, a lot of magic in their lives, still when things happen, like when you were going through that experience of seeing cardinals, Mm-hmm. over and over and over again. <laughs> I mean, we all have that analytical part of ourselves that's that's going on in our brain where we're trying to figure out what is going on. This feels too, too, um, uh, it's not a coincidence because right. it's happening so much. So what is the meaning? Because there's right. a part of us that really wants to know. And I, I refer to it as the soul. The soul mm-hmm. is wanting our, our mind to wake up to, Hey, this is something bigger than just seeing Cardinals. Right. You know, and what is that weight? What, what part, what is that waking up uh, inside of you? Right. So yeah. What Kristen's referring to is um, in the book, I talk about, kind of the door openers for me to get me to believe because I, my door was pretty shut, locked, you know, secure. Yeah. Talk, we, do you mind you know spending that? some time talking about the door opening? Cause I love that metaphor. <laughs> I, it's so important. We used it to is. And, and I think what I talk about too, is that, um, you know, once it's, it's kind of pushed open, it's hard to close it. Once you start, you will question it. Right. Um, but the particular example she was referring to was that I went to see my first psychic and it was very, um, I was so uneasy with the whole thing. And over the, I end up going multiple times, we'll just say, so it went well, but um, in, again, we talked about this last time I was going through a divorce. So it was a bit of a, a shaky mess. And I started seeing all these Cardinals and I just thought that, you know, breeding was on the uptake for Cardinals. I just thought <laughs> there's that been there an were... explosion of Cardinals in Maine. <laughs> I thought, you know, oh, there must be a bumper crop this year. I think I said they were seriously everywhere. It was insane. Like almost, I want to say dangerous, but they were darting out in front of me. Like while I was driving, it was so wow. crazy. And so I kind of mentioned it at one of my, my trips. I think I went three or four times over a six month period. And and she's like, oh, honey, those aren't, there's <laughs> no bumper crop. Um, those are a sign for you. And so me being me, you know, I went to the computer and I looked and she actually took me downstairs to the book section of this metaphysical shop and pulled out a book. She's like, they're probably your ancestors, which made perfect sense because um, leading into kind of this phase before I started journaling and things went, you know, crazy. Um the shamanic mentor that I had just started seeing was suggesting that I dig into researching my ancestors. And I'm like, Oh, for God's sakes, you know, my sister and, and my friend, Jen, they're like, you know, they, in the time that I've been researching my ancestors, they've, you know, became Reiki certified. They've Akashic records, you know, access bars. They've done all this stuff. They're so super intuitive. They were holding new moon and full moon ceremonies. And I'm like, and I'm researching ancestors. So when, when the psychic, you know, explained to me that was probably my ancestors, I'm like, Oh, possibly. And sometimes she could have been full of, you know, what, but sometimes that's all we need is to believe in something, right? Um, whether it's real or not, if we believe in something, that's where the magic is, I think. And you know, I think you know, we've we've talked about this too. Believing can be just believing in a better version of your own life, you know, of yourself, of your life, you know, of your family situation, of, of, for your community. And obviously with stuff going on in the world today of our world and beyond. And, and I think a lot of it starts here at home here, you know, if we all worked on ourselves um, and started really looking inward and, and believing in ourselves, I mean, that takes, that's going to, change the world really. Um, So, you know, part of the, the, that chapter is talking about, you know, what are those, what are those doors that open your heart and your mind to believing? And for any of us that are coming from that more analytical side of things, you know, 
it's probably not one episode <laughs> that gets you to believe. There's probably needs to be a one, two, three punch to be like, no, no, really, like heads up here that this the stuff is real. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what kind of got your attention, Kristen? To believing. Well, mm. you know, I, I first want to say that uh no one can fully verify for us what we believe. Does that make sense? Yes. So when we believe in something, whether it's the cardinals or working with our ancestors or our faith or um, um, our spiritual practice, that's something that we have to own for ourselves. And I think if we haven't been taught how to do that, we're going to have to spend a, quite a bit of time developing that we can believe in something and own it for ourselves. And we don't need someone to say, yes, Kristen, that is something you should believe in. Does that make sense? I, yeah. Yes. And that's, I think that's the tough part of it. If we are prone to not believing in ourselves. So if we're someone and I can speak for myself, I mean, I, I definitely suffered from, um, I was a very shy child and I had um, issues with self-confidence and I grew up with some domestic violence. So um, believing in myself, I think was very difficult. So when I was going through in my twenties, trying to understand my spiritual beliefs and what, what do I believe? I was raised Catholic that didn't really resonate with me anymore, but there were parts of it that did. I majored in religious studies just to try to figure out my, really? what I believed in. And it took me many years to figure out that I don't need an organized religion, although I don't have any issues with that per se, mm-hmm. but I just believing in myself and in, um, in God, but it doesn't have to be the way that I was raised to believe what that is, mm-hmm. is enough. So it's also not only choosing what we believe, um, and, and developing the trust that that's enough, but to, to own it again and to have it be sacred and, and insulate it in a way where we don't have to get that validation. Um, and that can be a tough thing when we have psychic experiences, when we have unusual experiences, when we've had, I mean, how many countless hundreds of years have we been taught that if you have any kind of unusual experience, that's a sign of, I mean, some people think it's a sign of darkness of, you know, mm-hmm. a, the devil at work, or, I mean, how many hundreds of years do we go through our, our history went through like the Spanish inquisition, um, or, uh, witch hunts. I mean, that's in our, in our DNA to an mm-hmm. extent, you know, so believing is, can be a really initial journey in and of itself. And we can spend as much time as we need to, to get there. And I think it's important to spend time doing that and cultivating it. And I think it grows on our journey too, because we can have really big doozies. I mean, I've had some doozies where I have had it, uh, unusual psychic experiences. And I'm like, did I see that? Did I experience that? <laughs> like, I, And I can go into detail about one that, that was pretty profound. And I talked to my, my counselor who I was working with at the time to, uh, I was going through a, a healing from a traumatic experience. This was gosh, 20 years ago. And I talked to her about, it and I said, is that I mean, is that a manic episode? Like what was she's like, no, I think you just really had an experience that we can't explain, Mm. but it sounds very special. And I don't think there's anything wrong with you, but I had to ask like, wow, this was a really, you know, unusual experience. I need someone to help me understand. So true. Yeah. And I think as far as the believing can sometimes happen over time, like for me, you know, and we'll get into spirituality and religion down the road in another chapter, but I started incorporating when I felt comfortable because you do things when you feel comfortable with it, you know, um, having gratitude for different things and whether that's, you know, mother earth or saying, I, you know, I believe in divine or I open to divine guidance or whatever it is, the more you vocalize and you say things and 
it's helps solidify the believing. And I also think the more we open in which we can get into that a little bit, and I didn't necessarily get into it per se in this chapter as much, but again, we evolve and we learn things. So things I wrote, you know, when I was doing this, I may be at a different place now with it, but totally just lost the thought on that. Um, I don't know where I was going, but the things that I was thinking that we should bring into the conversation too are trusting and surrendering. Oh, I know where I was going with it is that as we learn and as we evolve and we can't beat ourselves up that we're not at that point right out of the gate is that as we learn to trust and surrender to these things, the synchronicities that show up when we're ready are so nuts. I mean, you know, I talked a little bit about just the book. I mean, crazy stuff like the person that I need to listen to, to learn about the structure that I used for the book, the format for it, or, and we've talked about it as we've kind of shared our book journey, part of it. Um, It's amazing. So it's, it's beginning to believe and then pushing that believability line further and further out that we accept it, but I can still, like, if something happens, I still question it sometimes or the further distance that there is from the time when a synchronicity happened, you're like, all right, am I reading into that? Am I trying to put my, you know, crazy hat on that when it was just something that happened? You know what I mean? So it's, I don't know, it's an evolving journey. I think it's, we're all on it and, and we're human form. So we're all going to learn, learn as we go in many ways, I think. And what I love about when you say when the door opens, you know, when we're, when, and, and I call it uh, answering the call in my journey, but when the door opens and light comes through and you're waking up, that door doesn't, <laughs> you can try to close that door. <laughs> but I did. I tried that many times. It doesn't work. The oh. door stays open. Oh my gosh. And it gets bigger and bigger, meaning wider and wider. Yeah. And then the, the synchronicities and signs come. And I believe it's because our soul, spirit guides, universe, whatever you want to call it, they that energy wants us to remain awake, wants to support mm-hmm. us. And knows that we need our mind needs some sort of validation and and uh, guidance. So those signs and synchronicities come to help us believe, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what I love. And I and I'm circling back to the journal that you started because wow, that is so important when we're waking up to have a journal yeah. because. Uh, to that is a verification of even though it's it's stuff that may not be scientifically verified, but it's like oh wow, two weeks ago I went through this experience and now I'm going through something that I can link to that and understand mm-hmm. it better. So having that journal is so so important, and I I really encourage people to. Do I that. do too, and and to listen to your gut with what it should be. So like for me, that initial journal was really. I mean, I was meditating and journeying so. F- so much. Um, and things were just opening. So it was really tracking all of those things that happened and right. And, and almost to, um, remind myself and be like, see this, do you remember this? Do you remember this thing that happened? And, and you're talking was, about shamanic journeying. Is that I what did you mean? do shamanic yeah. journeying. Yeah. Right. And, but once again, and I talked about this last week is that, um, yes, I was going to a, a shamanic mentor and, and whatnot, but the connect, the connections that I had in the journey I was doing were intuitive. You know, I was, and that took me a long time to just trust what I felt I was supposed to do. Um, and he, I just want to touch on this because you brought up the whole darkness or black magic or whatever you said. I learned quickly too, that as people step on, they're still, we're so ingrained with that fear factor that things would happen. And someone would be like, Oh, you know, I mean, you should make sure you protect yourself and, and whatnot. But I learned not to have a fear because when you have the fear that those energies show up more, um, or you get in your own head that 
you shouldn't be doing X or Y or what have you. And I've really tried through this journey not to place fear on these experiences um, because I definitely was raised in a place of fear. And I guess we all were to a certain amount being coming from these times. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's anyway, it's, I think a- that's so important. Gosh. I mean, what you said to when you're, when you're just starting on this journey and you are just learning to believe in experiences that, that don't make analytical sense, but that mm-hmm. are awakening to your intuition and to your true self. And even though if you don't know what that path is, it's leading you to a better life or growth or change within to not be afraid um, and to not put fear in these experiences. Like when you see a bunch of Cardinals don't, you know, our, our mind might go into fear because we don't understand it. So, you know, separating the two. So why am I afraid? Is it because I just don't understand what's happening or is it because I grew up in a very superstitious family? And if something was unexplainable, it was all, it was automatically something to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. I think cause, cause fear will take you out of your intuition. It'll take you out of that place of magic and wonder. Oh yeah. And you know, sometimes that fear is fear of what other people are going to think. And so the second section of that chapter was owning our journey because yeah. I know um, that has been a big one of me worrying about what other people are going to think about me who grew up in corporate USA and, you know, am on the sidelines at the sporting events or coaching or what, you know, what are people going to think about what I'm doing? And it's taking the book journey of getting this book out has been the best journey for my growth. And can you, can you expand on that for a little bit for making me not care what other people think now, is it completely gone? No, but coming out, not only as a writer, cause that's so vulnerable to put your words on paper when you, especially when you don't come from the literary world and whatnot to put it on paper and put it out to say, I think this is good enough that I want it out in the world, but also to be like, Oh, by the way, the topic is spiritual awakening. And um, so that was so super, super, super hard to, to let that out of the cocoon. Like I hid for as long as I possibly could. And then I let, you know, my inner family here in the household know, and then slowly it started making its way out, but it was pretty far along before anybody knew of his, its existence. Um, so for me, you know, and I think I referenced this, that I was kind of an all of the above, meaning I separated myself from it, you know, distance. I, I'm not involved in this, you know, um, in that I would, confirm the craziness of it. You do know what I mean? I, I, I didn't want to be seen as, as part of that crazy world. And really when we step back and look at it, what, what is so damn crazy about it? It's like, we're all just trying to find the best versions of ourselves and, you know, put love and compassion out into the world. That's really what it's about to help with the universal consciousness. I mean, it's really not a complex thing. It's just with that, there's a lot of cool, awesome, things <laughs> that show up in your life. That's and, right. and that gets into entering the flow, which we touch on is that when you finally just surrender to it and accept and trust that this and, and project those, you know, high frequency feelings and emotions and, and whatnot, things just kind of fall into a groove, you know, they're just, things become easier and, I think you come at things with a different perspective than you once did. I know I could be reactionary and I've learned to take a step back and look at it from, you know, an Eagle's point of view, so to speak, and be a little more chill Mm -hmm. (laughs) about, about life. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I believe that um, I believe (laughs) (laughs) when we're open to the unknown. 
I mean, really the unknown is just, I mean, a second away because we don't know, even though we try to control what what we think is going to happen. But isn't that really what it is? I mean, I feel like when we live a life of accepting more and more and surrendering more and more to not needing to control uh, what's going to happen next, gosh, so much, we could be open to so much more because we're not so concerned about what we need that next second to to look like, right? Right. If we let go more and more every day, just by saying, I don't need to know what's going to happen an hour from now. I really want to be open to more magic at the unfoldment of this coming hour and being in the present moment and just allowing for whatever to happen. And something big may not happen. I mean, not that we have to have big things happen, but we may not recognize anything out of the ordinary, but getting used to the unknown and the uncertainty of life opens so many doors to magic and to signs and synchronicities and to experiences that that guide us on our journey and allow us to see ourselves differently and see our 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 life differently and i i think that we our perception of reality becomes so much bigger and more magical mm-hmm. um and that doesn't mean to say that it's always happy and positive and roses right, exactly but, but it is so it's so crucial because if we're continually trying to control our lives and our experiences to such an extent that fear is a factor in that equation, then, then we will be stuck in our head and our, our hearts will have a difficult time opening and it'll be more challenging to use our intuition because our intuition, in our heart doesn't want to be controlled, mm-hmm. you know, but our mind, our ego is like, I, I would like to control these parts of you because I know what's best and take a back seat, babies. Oh, I know. Fear and control <laughs> are just such, oh, such buggers. That's what I, I love about the movie Dune. Have you seen the movie Dune? I have not. Girl, I've seen that movie five times. Really? I And I've read the book. It's like, and it's, it's a, it's a science fiction book out of the, I think the late sixties. Uh-huh. It is so metaphysically and spiritually um, really used. Oh my gosh. But there's a saying that, that when the main characters are going through, and I can't remember her name, the mother, gosh, I wish I could remember her name. She was trained in a certain way of um, uh, spiritual practice of some sort to have power. And when she's feeling a lot of fear, she goes into this, mantra of fear is the mind killer. And which is not really what I'm saying, because I'm saying that the mind loves fear, (laughs) but, but but she goes on and on with this mantra. And I think I'll put it in the show notes because I think it's so beautiful, but it helps her get out of fear and to calm down. So I think in, in that perspective, the writer's perspective, it's like fear is just going to take over and you're not going to be able to regain control and to surrender to your inner power. Mm-hmm. I think that's the perspective of what the writer was saying. Yeah. But I encourage people to, to see that movie. So I will definitely do that. I'll see if I can talk my daughter into it. Um, as we're talking about fear, you know, last night, I don't know why I did it, but I went on to kind of the trending news thing and I was just, oh, every God. single topic was, gloom and doom. And I'm like, this is why I don't watch the news. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's getting worse and worse. Too. It really is. And I know there's some serious things going on in the world and all that, but it's, um, I feel like if we just sit and, and watch that, and I feel like, especially the generation before us, um, are accustomed to, cause that was the, what you did, you, you watched the news. I feel like that's heavy stuff to just, you know, put into your being every, every night, especially Mm -hmm. if you, every night before bed or what have you, it's such um, dark stuff to kind of leave your sleeping self with. Um, I don't know. I think we do have to watch what we consume. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm also referring to it nowadays of like, how do I want, what's my diet today? Like what's my yes, nutritional just, intake today? Because yeah. I, I really have been thinking about that because I've been getting into political podcasts yes. that are more, not that this is a political podcast. Yeah. We're not going to talk about <laughs> politics, but, um, I like to hear both sides and, right. but I'm, I'm listening to too many. So I'm just like, geez, yes. this is not good for me. Like I need to really be mindful of what I'm taking, what I'm ingesting right? yes. spiritually, physically. I just saw that on something too, that diet isn't necessarily just the nutritional stuff no. that we're putting in our bodies. It's what we're ingesting visually or audio or what have you. It's so true. So true. Right. Yeah. I'm taking oh. a break of the political podcast. Some right. more comedy well, you know, for Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> I am so that way, but you know what I got, I get hooked on whatever I, first of all, up until five years ago, I didn't know what streaming or a podcast were. So I am new to the whole podcast scene, which is hysterical, but I started listening to smart list, which is it just is a hoot for the most part. And it's interesting to hear some of these people, but I realized that I was starting to put it on as I got in the car and was driving. And I also realized that when I began my journey, which Kristen will have to talk about journey in a second. Um, when I started my journey, I shut off my car radio and I was a sports radio junkie back in the day. And having been living in Boston, it's Boston Sports Radio, which is even crazier, um, probably similar to New York radio. And it was so negative and so heavy and so just conflicted all the time that when I shut it off, I haven't turned it back on in six years. Wow. And I'll listen. So I listen in, I don't listen to anything. I, I just drive. And the ideas that come forward or my observations that come forward from just being more aware of my actual driving or surroundings is so much better. But I realized in the last couple of months when I've been getting in there, I've been throwing on a podcast and I've, I felt disconnected. I've mm. felt, I haven't felt as connected because I haven't been giving myself that space of just driving. Because if I leave with an idea for, I don't know, something to write or, or what have you, um, my mind will cycle through all that and I'll come up with ideas and I can, you know, safely jot them down <laughs> next to me. Yes. And, and that stopped it. So even though it was funny and what I was listening to made me laugh, um, you know, sometimes to the point I thought I was going to have to pull over or pee my pants or something that it was just occupying my mind, which I think we do that. We, we don't give ourselves that space to just have some silence sometimes. Oh, it's so true. I mean, I've gotten some of the best ideas from being on a drive or taking a shower, you know, right. because, because you do go into, I mean, we all have experienced this when we, when we're driving, we go into a little bit of a light trance. I mean, yes, I'm not I suggesting so. that we need to be in a trance <laughs> while we're driving, God, please. But, um, but we do uh, have that time to ourselves and, and we can have not just our mind communicate with us, but our, our intuition. Yes. And, it's, it's so important, right? Because yeah. a lot of us don't have, unless we carve it out, like right. for meditation, we are being uh, inundated with so much mm -hmm. data and information. At, I mean, at every turn right. that we do need that time. We don't need to fill the silence. And that's so important, especially when we're on a journey, right? We have to have time yeah. to be quiet. Right. Speaking of journey, we talked about that before we came on. Do you want to talk about just for the listeners, what we refer to when we keep saying journey, 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 journey? Well, I think a journey um, is just a new, a new chapter in our lives. But I think what you and I are referring to is more of an awakening, something yes. that is so different that it's not just a change in our lives. It's putting us on a new path where we can't go back to how our lives were. Right. Right. Something has called us to take a, a different path that we're going away from mm -hmm. what we consider to be normal yeah. um, and every day, although yeah. we're not completely leaving that part, but we're, 
it's not, it's no longer satisfying. It's like the, um, the hero's journey, right? right. Joseph Campbell talks about that. I think, yeah, I think I use journey and path almost interchangeably at times, mm-hmm. but you know, I was looking at it, even the title of the book, the spiritual awakening. I'm like, do I call it that? But it, it, this, the title came out and there was no not using it. Like I, it just, it came out when I say it came out, it came out with my pen on, onto paper. Yes. And I think that needs to be the title, but it's the spiritual awakening of an analytical mind, 13 stepping stones to help guide your journey. And so for me, the journey, I always looked at, okay, coming from my mindset was, well, it's really just finding a best version of yourself, or maybe we can look at it as a transformation, or we can look at it as self-discovery, or we can look at it as self-awakening. So I think as unique as we all are, we can define it however we want. Um, That makes us feel comfortable. Sometimes we're not okay with whatever that mask is that it, however you define yeah, it, yeah. that label, that was the word, I was right. thinking, that label that was put on it. So, but anyway. I do think there, there's some elements that are the same. That's why I always refer back to uh, the hero's journey that Joseph Campbell created the different aspects of it, because I really do feel like there are some things that are uh, similar, even though the, the journey itself could be very different. Yes, so I feel like course. for, for what the journeys that we're referring to are Again, uh, when that door is open, when we do start this journey in our lives, we can't close the door. We can't go back to how we how we used to see things, Mm -hmm. right? How we used to experience things. I would say I can no longer live a life where I don't have a an experience of say channeling my higher self or using my intuition the way I do or going back to living in fear or regret. I, it's just, I have, I have such a different perspective and a different uh, take on life. And I see myself so differently. So, and all of that is an accumulation of the journey, but I, it's like, you just can't, there's that expression. You can't go back home right. again. So I feel like that could be similar to most people when we refer to a journey in this way. So it's not necessarily a change in our lives, although mm-hmm. it can be, but it's something that's taking us out of uh, our comfort zone. And it really does shake us up and wake us up to the point where we're a little unsettled by it, perhaps, mm-hmm. but we're also enticed to keep going. We're yeah. enticed to know who are, who we are truly. I don't know where I read it or saw it or dreamt it up. I'm not quite sure, but they talked about creating and mm-hmm. that we're creating this newer version of ourselves. We're creating whatever it may be. And so it's not that we're trying to change these other things because that's maybe a lower frequency thing. Yes. Some of that stuff will drop away when it's ready, as long as you're stepping forward and creating this evolving self. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful way to say it. I think this is without a doubt, a way of getting in touch with the part of ourselves that is only wanting to do just that. And I refer to it as the soul Mm -hmm. or the heart and the soul only wants to evolve through creating and recreating and experiencing. And I, I love that that way of, that you described it, because it's not so much that I need to change this or this part of me sucks, or it's really right. just being in that, becoming an artist of, of Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. All right. So as we move toward the end, um, Kristen and I, when we sat down to try to figure out how we wanted to construct these episodes, we thought it would be nice to have takeaways for the listeners um, to kind of engage with whatever the topic is that we're discussing. And so interestingly enough, in the book, at the end of each chapter, there are exercises. The first one was finding your someone to experience some of these new experiences with um, so that they are less scary for somebody stepping onto the path. And you know, you may not necessarily be with that one person through this whole but there is some sort of peace associated with having a partner in crime. 
And what experiences are you referring to? Like what's, what are um, some examples? I don't know. You know, even if it is going to have your cards read or go to a even the Psychic. yoga in your, in your, um, your description in the book of going to yoga Nidra with yes. someone or yes. going to a sound bath with someone. Exactly. Which I've never done by the way. Oh my gosh. If you like, if you journey naturally, when you go into a sound bath, at least what yeah. I I'll just start journeying. Really? It's so beautiful. So yes. Um, I had somebody that kind of took me to yoga Nidra with Reiki. So the instructor would go around and give Reiki while people in yoga Nidra need your positions, which I laugh that I didn't know what either one was. I'd never heard of Reiki. Or you know, that's really brave, like, Tina. That's super <laughs> brave of you for real. Like I think, well, you know, I just knew that, um, and I'm not very flexible on top of that. So I'm picturing, <laughs> you. Okay. but it was, it was all, you know, it was all good. So the way I refer to it is friends who are already acquainted with this magical world will pull you into experiences you may not otherwise find on your own. And it really doesn't matter what it is initially. So I listed those things because we each decide what modalities work for us, if any, over time. But this, however, is just looking for somebody to kind of hold your hand, drag you out there out of your comfort zone, and which was totally the case for me. And the recommendation was to find your person and just have an experience. And again, you don't have to do it multiple times unless you want to, but just kind of step outside that box a little bit. Um, and if you don't have that person, then just go really slow, do something that isn't too scary. And then the more adventures you have, I like to call them spiritual adventures. The more you right. do, the more out of your comfort zone you'll get. Yeah. And for me, so that stuff was very much outside my comfort zone. So the other one that I mentioned is if you want something less threatening, then just, I mean, there's so many streaming services, find something to watch that exposes you to something that normally would be outside of what you would watch or listen or read. And you can do that right in the comfort of your home without worrying about judgment or anything. And I always have felt that whatever catches your attention is what you need in that moment. Yeah. Or, follow or your intuition. Absolutely. And because it was placed there for a reason. And I always find that whether it's a book or a documentary or whatever it is, that there'll be one or two little nuggets that will jump out at me. I don't know if you feel that way, Kristen. Mm -hmm. And they're for a reason. And they may show up that I needed that point in something I was writing or in something for my own, my own journey as far as could be anything, crystals or what what have you. Mm -hmm. So these are just things that feel free to go explore. My, I think when I first started and the kids were with me, one of the first things we did was found a holistic shop where there were crystals. And you don't have to buy anything unless you're ready for that. But it's interesting to see which shops that you're okay with, that they you feel okay with it. Others, I can walk in and I'm like, yeah, I can just turn around and walk out. <laughs> but there's some that you're like, okay, this may be my place. And, you know, in the early days, um, the kids and I would go and we need to get a crystal and maybe we carried it in our pocket or what have you. So you just start kind of pushing those boundaries a little bit. So I those were, yeah. So there's a few for you. And so Kristen channeled or shared a channel last week. And so Right before we came on, I sat and channeled for all of you and from my guides. And I can't tell you who my guides are. Anytime that I have asked over the last two years, I get it doesn't matter. You're getting the messages that you need for whatever collective that I'm channeling for. And when I've pushed and ask, well, then why does X person talk to the Palladians or, you know, mm -hmm. and whatnot? And they said, because those collectives need a certain frequency and tone for the messages that they are to receive. And my, I think mine actually changes. Like, I feel like I can tell when it just has a different feel to so the message. Can I interrupt really quick? So yeah. what you're saying is, is that when you channel a group consciousness, a higher, mm -hmm. you know, evolved uh, group consciousness, yeah. uh, those, that group consciousness changes. So some days it could be different than others. Yes. I will say I this. really, I find that so interesting. It, it's fairly consistent. Um, I would say the biggest change was after that first time, that first time it was definitely a different 
feel yeah. a different They're like, different Tina, words. Tina, Tina Moody, <laughs> you're not getting away from us because all day long you're getting messages. You're not going to understand why, <laughs> but you're going to be compelled to write everyone down and we're going to annoy you <laughs> and keep you I from doing anything out. around the house. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll pull those out and share a couple just, to, just so people can hear some of them. But th- these ones, and I don't know. So I don't know who it is, which is also fascinating. You know what, though? I think it w- maybe down the road that will be revealed to you. But yeah. I, I get why you're yeah. getting pushback because maybe it's just mostly about the message, right? It is. It is yeah. exactly that. So here is the message for all of you. Welcome, dear ones. What an opportunity awaits you all. There is no harm in listening to the insights of others who have already engaged in their journeys. In fact, much can be learned as long as you understand your journey will be yours. Your journey also asks for you to trust in your own inner knowing. You hold that gift as well. Do not think that you do not. Free yourself to explore your inner self. In doing so, you will discover your own light ready to shine. Oh, I love that. Isn't that very nice? Yes. It's saying, pay attention to yourself. I love that. Yeah. It's, um, it's always interesting. And for those listening, I don't, um, I didn't just get that and download it in my mind and speak it out my mouth. So you'll hear that from some channelers that their voice changes Mm -hmm. and their, um, like I'm going to say the gate of (laughs) of how they speak changes. Mm -hmm. So mine has always been that I write with pencil and it, right. funny enough, it can't be a mechanical pencil. It always has to be just a regular old pen. No, it doesn't necessarily have to be a number two pencil, but probably. <laughs> so I write with pencil so I can sit and I just have to close my eyes for just a quick second and it wow. comes out. So that is, of- there, there are quite a few channelers that work that way. Yeah. And, and honestly, we get back to fear. Some of that could be my own fear and releasing complete control to allow them to come through my voice. I'm not sure, but that would, would not surprise me knowing myself the way I do that. I I definitely have fear barriers that stop certain things. Um, Thank you for sharing. That was beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. What a gift and what a gift for (laughs) for everyone. Well, you know, I love how these conversations are going because we we're always going to, I believe, circle back to the journey, circle back to intuition, but there is so much to say, right? Yeah. And believing is an ongoing development. I believe in every, I believe <laughs> on anyone's journey and on my journey. So now, I mean, just very briefly, I'm doing trance healing communication. So I'm learning how to bring a higher form of consciousness into my energetic space. So my voice does change. And I am in deeper trance and it has taken me many years to get comfortable and to surrender to that. And it is a a big change in my life. So the believing in the surrendering, I don't think it ever goes away. You know, that that. that work. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. And that's all that's development, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But it's exciting, right? It's exciting. It's a little scary too. I'm a little scared about it. <laughs> but I'm excited too. Can we be scared and excited at the same time? I think we can. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. I think that's a wrap. I think we, yes. we pushed our time limit again. So next week, our topic will be self-healing chapter two. I'm excited. It'll be great. And not to throw too much self-promotion out there, but if anybody wants to follow along in the book, um, I think we mentioned it in our outro, but in the show notes is the information to go to either Christian's website or to mine. If you go to mine, you can actually purchase the book, although it is available on Amazon as well. But if you do it through my website, I'd be happy to sign it as well. If you um, just shoot me an email. Oh, I highly encourage everyone to get your book. It's so, so wonderful. So such a a fun read too. (laughs) You get a little bit of my humor mixed in. God, it's I was cracking up. So much fun. So validating. Oh, 
Nice talking with you, Tina. Nice talking with you, and, too. And, our, and the people who are listening. Have yes. a wonderful week. <laughs> Much love to everybody. Love you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Intuition Talks. As we kick off this new podcast, we would be extremely grateful if you would share with friends who may find the podcast informative, helpful, or simply entertaining. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well at Intuition Talks Podcast. To connect with us individually, you can go to kristinomara.net and tinaelmoody.com to learn about our books, newsletters, services, and everything in between. Our links are there for you in the show description. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, be well and keep stepping forward.